Welcome to Improve with Stephanie, a thought-provoking podcast about business improvement strategy, leadership, and innovative technology. Improve with Stephanie will interview CEOs, CFOs, thought leaders, and innovators. Stephanie, CEO of Nelson Legacy Enterprises International, is our host. She is crazy passionate about business and the evolution of people. Thank you for joining. Now let's listen in. Hey guys, so um, I am super pumped, right, about episode number one, podcast number one. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Stephanie. I am the host of Improve with Stephanie, and I am super excited about the first podcast of 2020. And so today I want to make sure I mention and shout out Rooted In, um, our podcast sponsor for today, who is a um, small business located in Raleigh, North Carolina, where the focus is investments and ironically, two opposing options is um data science. So today I want to shout out Rooted In. And I want you all to go and check them out on Instagram, Rooted In, on their website, www.rootedin.com. And I want to shout them out and thank them for sponsoring our first, very first podcast. I'm so excited. So guys, I want to also segue into the next section of our podcast today, and that is to discuss what I'm calling the Improvement Award. Um, I really want to go out and think through, I want people to start really thinking about what people, what companies, what organizations are doing things in the marketplace that are improving not just their sales and how they, their business results, but how they're being seen and positioned in the market not just through marketing, but their social responsibility. So if you have some ideas of who you think um, are great people, great companies that are doing amazing work, um, it would be a great time for you to kind of start dropping those people on our podcast so that I can shout them out. Because the Improvement Award is literally just about companies that do outstanding work or CEOs that are making a major impact. Um, And today my improvement award goes out to my dear friend who happens not to be a fortune 500 company yet, but her name is Robin Greer. And she was initially my first um, podcast interview and um, she had to have surgery on her um, shoulder And so I just want to kind of shout her out. One of the things that was amazing about her story and is amazing about her story is for 30 years, she was a a cosmetologist that actually stood behind the chair. Amazing cosmetologist, takes excellent care of your hair, does amazing cuts, color, chemical, anything that you could possibly need. But she literally 
took a huge shift and she um, decided to create an all natural hair care line um, for natural hair. And it's amazing product. And also from there, she, she leveraged the original product and then created a a skincare line. Um, and then she also creates detox teas, et cetera, et cetera. So if you are interested in learning more about bloom hair care and nail and hair care, skin care, and body care, hit her up on Instagram at Robin Greer, drop a comment on some of her photos and give a shout out and tell her Stephanie sent you. So, okay, guys, so let's just get into it, right? Um, I have a question that I will ask every interviewee, and it'll be the same question that I, I myself will answer every single episode. And that is what lights my fire? I just did a previous Facebook post, um, like a pre-podcast podcast, a pre-show podcast, <laughs> um, where we talked about what's lighting my fire. And if you're interested in that, you can check it out on Facebook. Um, but one of the things that really is lighting my fire these days is day to day, I'm working with companies, um, and I'm learning that sometimes they're creating processes for process sake. What a frustrating, <laughs> a frustrating thing to observe as a consultant, but also as a consumer. Um, have you ever gone to a website and they have you first click on, you know, you've got to sign up in order to get access to additional information? Why in this day and time, right? Well, it's important because we need data. <laughs> um, businesses are run with data. Um, that's the stuff that people don't think about when they're creating all these different processes, but they could be made a little bit more customer focused, customer friendly. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the pain of creating processes for process sake from both well, primarily from an employee standpoint and not and less from a customer standpoint today. Um, if depending on how far we get today, I may do a part two to this podcast where we kind of talk through what it is that is the pain of um, creating processes for process sake from the customer perspective. But today we're going to talk about it from an employee and executive leadership perspective. And one of the things that I noticed that people need to really understand is the real definition of what a process is. It's a collection of steps to accomplish a task. Um, so one of those things that we have to be mindful of is that it's a collection of steps, right? So I think the thing that people fail to realize more than anything is that those collections of steps can literally make or break um, the employee on a day-to-day -day basis. And what I mean by that is they can get very frustrated with steps that don't really result to anything. Every step should lead them to closer um, to getting to the point where they are accomplishing the task at hand. I'll give you an example. If you're in a manufacturing company, 
and or let's just just take and you're making bottles um and so if you are literally mixing the formula to create the glass or the plastic that is supposed to harden at the next step but in order for you to get to that step you're adding unnecessary things in like once it's mixed enough it should just move to the next step instead you're doing mixing you're checking um five and six times i mean sometimes that's not necessary i can't speak you know with authority about manufacturing um, bottles but what i can tell you is you need to clearly define that mixing procedure right if it's mixed three times if it's put the different um chemicals into the the mixer it's mixed. Once you are able to show the employee or identify to the employee what well mixed looks like, it should move on to the next step. Quality control will take care of the next thing. Ah, so let me pause here and tell you that when you are looking at processes, do not cross, do not leave the lane of the uh, person who's taking ownership of one part of the process. Do not have them be quality control and, um, you know, the taster and all these different pieces. You need to let sh make sure that they are staying in their lane because guess what? You can't measure someone who is um, crossing all the team's roles and responsibilities. It's just not fair. So process is a collection of steps that need to be clearly defined. And those clearly defined processes or steps need to have a purpose. Each, each step needs to have a purpose that results in getting closer to the task. And then also the customer, excuse me, the employee needs to find some level of value in the steps that are being generated to accomplish the task. For instance, they know that if I make um, six bottles in five minutes, then I should be, um, there should be some value to that. For instance, now down further down the road, they have cut time down in terms of how many bottles that need to be generated in a day, right? So, but the metric is like only to do a bottle a minute. I'm just throwing anything out there, right? A bottle a minute. But if you're doing a bottle um, every 30 seconds, there's value in that that needs to come back to the actual employee so that they experience some level of reward. So we'll talk about that at another time, but and the importance of rewarding your employees for job well done and how that impacts improvement. So um, one of the things that I think people need to understand is that the big picture, but not too broad, right? But the value in the process, for instance, if it's supposed to be in the course of a day that you're generating a hundred bottles and by the, by the minute you're supposed to be, you know, creating a bottle a minute and you're down to 30 seconds, you're doing something where you're able to move faster than other people. 
So what is that, right? What is that gift that you have and how can we make it um, something that everybody can do um, so that we can see the benefit or the value in reducing the time that it takes us to create these bottles so that we can scale how many bottles we make in a day, therefore selling more bottles, therefore making more money, and therefore employees seeing a benefit, a raise in their paycheck, et cetera, because the profits have increased in the company. The other thing, too, is that um, people need to be able to see the results of their processes, right? So aside from just, you know, seeing that the metric was met, but how are these bottles being used in the market, right? So I think one of those things um, that we that employees need to see is where the bottles are positioned. So the commercials you're running, the ads you're running, they should be playing somewhere in the office, right? So that the customer and that the, excuse me, that the employee sees how the customer enjoys the work that they're doing. Um, so these are all just little things that you can be thinking of um, when you are establishing your processes and your steps to accomplish a goal, right? Accomplish a task. Here is what happens with companies that grow and are get larger and larger every single day. They start creating a lot of like what I call filler processes or filler tasks. And I will be honest with you, <laughs> one of the number one things that annoys me is when you have all these different processes that have no purpose, no value, and you don't see the result. Let me give you an example and let me come away from the bottling plant right now. And let's talk services for a quick moment. Um, I've been in project management for a very long time. And so one of the things that happens inside project management is governance, okay? And governance is something that ensures, it's like quality control for project management, making sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed when it comes to deploying a methodology. What is a methodology? A series of um, values. And what I mean by values is um, methods. I'll say methods, excuse me. A series of methods that get us to the outcome of the project. So if it's building a new report, if it's building a new team, if it's building a new, um, you know, creating a new office space, if it's moving from one place to the other, if it's changing, uh, you know, vendors, um, whatever the outcome of the project is supposed to be, you literally are seeing the um, project happen in the steps that are outlined by the methodology. What happens typically in larger companies is instead of just saying step one, step two, step three, step four, we've got step one, one A, one B, one C, one D, and then we get to two. Sometimes you don't really need all those sub steps. Um, and what I mean by that is because it convolutes the process, it slows the work down, it takes longer to accomplish, it costs more money, and you get frustration from the sponsors, the people who are the decision makers. You've got frustration from the employee because they're being held to task to get something done in the manner in which it's imposed on them when they themselves are the people who are doing the work and don't necessarily need to be boxed into a methodology that may not work. 
because now you've got all this frustration and chaos going on and then you've got delays and keep in mind with project work you're already going to face three risks right time money and people so you really need to be mindful of the processes that you put in place to accomplish your goals so that you don't run the risk of escalating those um, normal constraints to absorbent cost um, and so one of the things that I think is important is that you give your employees the flexibility and some autonomy in how they execute against the standards, the methods that you set as a organization. That's one way to omit processes for process sake, right? So that you don't have these major processes in place. And I'll give you another example, small business owners, because I want to shout you out because I know the struggle, right? Um, one of the things that I think we do because we are typically worried about our reputations in the marketplace, we get really connected to how we conduct business how we conduct business on a day-to-day -day basis and that we do the same thing over and over again. So we're saving ourselves time that we sometimes skip over an opportunity to be innovative because we're just locked into how we've done it this way all the time. And so it's a shift in mindset when you start thinking about um, what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. Remember when you were a startup is what I will say, <laughs> okay? Remember how you were a startup and you were not married to any particular way of doing the business, primarily because you were just so glad to have a client. Sometimes that energy bodes well when you are looking at how you do the work that you do every day and how you produce and what you produce and at what level you produce. So let's just say you know that you have to onboard six clients in a day in order for you to meet your sales goals. Well, every person um, or company or organization or customer, whether it be um, e-commerce, a service, a you know physical product, whatever it is um, that you're onboarding your people onto, it doesn't always have to be the same um, every time. Let me tell you why. There are some clients who come in and I'm specifically talking to, um, your service-based businesses primarily because you have the option and the flexibility to kind of alter how you onboard certain clients. Now, this does oppose, right? My very strong belief in being streamlined, but there are times where in the onset of your business that you don't have to, you can kind of go with the squiggly line and not be so focused on the straight line. And the reason why is because once you do that, you'll find your straight line. You'll find the line that takes you down the path of getting to um, churn, which is where you're just literally um it's moving, moving, your company is moving smooth sailing, right? It's just turning the wheels. So just keep that in mind when you are um, as a small business. Your larger companies, they're already seeing churn. They already have some level of confusion <laughs> um, that they're expecting. So they already know what's going to limit them and what's going to 
push them further down the field because they've done it so often. So one of the things too, that you always have to keep in mind is you want to implement your processes um, with clear understanding of the result, clear understanding of the result. So when you create these series of steps against a method, right, you want to make sure that the result is accomplished that the result is accomplished because that's what turns your business into tangible value, tangible business results, which is money in the bank, revenue, right? Um, so these are some things to just consider when you are talking about process for process sake. And so thank you guys for listening and we'll be back for another fantastic episode coming up later this week. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Join us weekly for high impact episodes to help you grow, scale, and innovate your company. Find us online at nelsonlegacyenterprises.com.